podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. My friend got kidnapped by mimes the other day. They did unspeakable things to him. Oh, no. <laughs> That's terrible. Do you get it, though? Because unspeakable. unspeakable things? No, no, I get it. Thanks, Nate. I get it. But I don't find it funny. <laughs> I mean... That's upsetting. That's unfortunate. I thought it was a good joke. Meadows, no, I'm with Barreto here. It was, uh, it was not a strong way to come back from the summer break. People have waited a long time for this. We've had literally two people message and say, "When's the next episode?" So, can I try and redeem myself with another joke? Oh, controversial. We're going to allow that. Yeah, I'm going to approve that. Can I hear the score for that one first? Two. Two. Okay. This one. (laughs) This one will be better. (coughs) Me, 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 me. I entered my dog in a dog show the other day. It's probably why I got disqualified. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's much better. That's much better. What a contrast between those two. Yeah, that is a much better one. Pure, pure, pure filth works, it's, it turns out. Yeah, I don't know why I didn't just go with that one. Sorry, listeners, that he has listened to a bad one. They're both terrible, but in different ways. Yeah, very true, very true. 7.3. Nice, I forgot the decimal system's back. <laughs> Love it. Wow. Double ender. You know what else is back? Us, the paddock. Welcome to the Padhock, a podcast featuring stories following Formula 1 around the world. I'm Lawrence Bretto, F1 presenter and correspondent. And I'm Chris Medland, F1 correspondent at Racer. And I'm Nate Saunders from ESPN. And we are outside, on the beach, actually, technically. Technically, we're about a yard from the beach in Zandvoort. Zandvoort and Zee. How are we finding it, Nate? Very good. Delightful. Very Dutch. Lots of tall people. Lots of sand. And... Lots of lots of hope and dreams that Max will win this weekend, and that's about it. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's nice as well. Sunny, sun's out. <laughs> I haven't spoken for a while on the pod. I've forgotten how to do it. <laughs> I mean, it was so poignant and beautiful until you kept talking. Um, but it's because it's your first visit here, isn't it? No, it's my second. I was here last year. <laughs> <laughs> well, then why did you tell me we needed to walk down the beach and you've not been here before and all of that stuff? Because I've not been down the down this bit before. I didn't come last year to this bit. I just went straight to the circuit. Soaked it all up. Yeah, now now you mentioned it, I I was here too, and I was here with you, so that's um, embarrassing. Bretto, talk. I mean, it was COVID last year, right? So we didn't really get to enjoy the real Sandfort. So obviously, the first time we get a chance to meet up at the weekend, you guys want to come to a bar. We've ordered a drink before we started recording. That was one of Nate's rules <laughs> before we start this podcast. You, bu- we must have a drink on order on the way. Um, and also, you said the sun was out, but the sun is set, mate. Yeah. Like, because well, we have done a working day. Yeah. If we, we have. I've actually seen it disappear. Since, as I said that, it disappeared from over the horizon. It's gone. And all those wind turbines have stopped turbining, um, which is sad. I mean, they've only stopped turbining in the sense that you can't quite see them. Um, we did just get interrupted. I don't know what happened there. Um, a, a randomer just came over to Barreto, um, who I think either recognised him or got it wrong who it was and touched on the shoulder and then walked away is that right uh, that is effectively what happened yeah, but yeah. then i looked up and he looked back and then ran away so i'm not sure if he thought of someone else <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i think he was just a super fan 
and he got so nervous. He's now over there with his friends, like, no, what a prima donna he is. Didn't even look at me. That's what I'd be saying. Um, do you reckon? I think that. The thing is, I've got really bad peripheral vision, so I, I miss things a lot, not deliberately, just because I'm just not very good at seeing. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, I didn't. I was about to follow up on that, and I didn't really know where to go. So, why are we only doing this now? Why didn't we do a podcast in Spa? Um, oh, was this my fault? No, was it my fault? I, no, it was Nate's fault. Well, I, I went. I wasn't there, which didn't help. Um, but I don't know. We were all busy. So I think what happened was we had a summer break um, after a strong, I'd like to say, first half of the year. Medis went and did a lot of things that we'll talk about separately. Nate went and did a lot of things that he's going to tell us about. <laughs> and I mostly worked and then did a few things. Um, and I thought we'd just extend the break for a little bit longer because we're going to go hard for the rest of the year, right? Every single week we are going to deliver an episode. Because I've had a couple of people, Nate wants to say something because I realise I've said something I shouldn't have said in the way that I said it. And um, a couple of people who have checked uh, in, they've direct messaged, they've been like, oh, are you all okay? Because they were worried about our health, which I thought was very nice. So I said it, a new podcast is coming, um, and we are, I can report, all pretty healthy. I think we're all healthy. I, why, why stop every week? Why not? Why don't we just re- constantly record, non-stop, from now until we get home, forever? Like Netflix do, like when they mic everyone up and they just record it all day long. That's what you want. Yeah, 100%. But Medus has to edit this. Well, he's pretty good at it, isn't he? So <laughs> I've got on the mic, so I'm going to move that on from there, because that's a terrible idea. I'm going to grab a beer. We have a bucket of beer in front of us. Um, yeah. I hope that came across. This mic's too sensitive sometimes. Um, but this is going to only help this. Oh, I've just spilt my beer on Barreto's leg, so that's a strong start. But um, so is Nate. Cheers. Oh, save it. We're all, we're all making a mess. Um so let's let's uh have you drunk a beer before? there we go cheers <laughs> stunning audio work right so nate what did you get up to over the summer break i went to a music festival in budapest um lots so, of people there so you left the hungarian grand prix yeah, in budapest and went back to the uk and went back to budapest yeah uh when i originally booked it it was 2020 so it made a lot more sense then and then it was pushed back 2021 then it was pushed back again to 2022 apparently there was some seismic event that happened in 2020 can't remember what it was um, and then uh, and yeah so I went but it was great but it did mean I, I, I literally went Budapest Reading for four days and then back to Budapest or something like that which was which was fun um, but it was nice I th- I'm sure you guys felt the same you definitely did Matters um, actually getting back to normal life stuff for a little bit outside of F1 um, it's a nice little nice little time to decompress a recharge. I obviously didn't spend enough time researching good jokes, just rude ones. Um, but yeah, it was it was nice though. And I feel like coming back from the summer break into a triple header is kind of a bit of a kick in the kick in the gut because none of us are ready for it, are we? We're just like you have the rest, and then you're like, cool. Oh, it's a triple header, and then Max wins by <laughs> by a country mile. It's like, oh great, cool. So um, but yeah, it's been it's been good. I'm gonna ask Brett the same question about uh, summer break, but just for the listeners because I don't know the answer to this. You mentioned Max winning by a country mile. Is there a 60-second review this week? That's just a really good question, and I've completely forgot that that's a thing. So I could do one on the fly. Um, I think you should, but we're going to make people wait. Okay, yeah, we'll do it later. We'll do it later. It'll give me time to prep on the fly. You go chat to Lance for a little bit, and I'll, I'll come up with one. All right, we'll check in with you in a bit. Uh, Lance, what did you do in the summer break? 
Um, I I worked for a fair I worked for a fair bit. A fair, um, interestingly, listeners, what's just happened now is Medland has handed me the microphone because he wanted to pick up his beer and and drink it. So I can see where the priorities lie here. But um, I uh, I, mo- I worked most of it. Then I had a few days away in the Cotswolds, which was nice. And then before I knew it, we were heading off to Spa again. So I don't really feel like I've had that much of a summer break. Good for like planning. Good to kind of some get into some meaty stories like the driving market with Fernando Alonso and stuff like that so um what's good about this is this setup we've got is there's only one mic so Nate can't chip in <laughs> Medus can't chip in either I've just got control and I can just continue to talk so this is great I mean if we're ready I'm, I'm just gonna freestyle a 60 second review now and then we can talk about serious life stuff that Medus did how's that Go. can someone time me can someone uh, yes. time me in only got one minute to spare Wanna know who finished when and where Sit back, relax, cause we got you Here's Nate with the 60 second review Okay, Max Verstappen, what a dish Sergio Perez, slow man Slow Mexican man Carlos Sainz, sweet Carlos Sainz Finished in third in a red car George Russell in fourth position He speaks very posh Fernando Alonso in fifth He called Lewis an idiot And then he backtracked But he didn't backtrack in his car Because it was going forward the whole time Charles Leclerc in sixth In his Ferrari Ferrari doing silly stuff with his his uh, his strategy, his calls. He went for one point and ended up losing three. That's that's maths. Ocon in seventh, Vettel in eighth, Pierre Gasly. We love Gasly. Albon in tenth. Albon's pretty good, isn't he? Uh, oh shit! Hang on. Stroll in eleventh. He was there. Norris in twelfth. McLaren's quite slow at the moment. Sonoda in thirteenth. Guan Yu Zhou fourteenth. Danny Rick uh, was also there. Kevin Magnussen. Mick Schumacher, that house upgrade's really good, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> Nicholas Latifi, Valtteri Bottas, and then a little-known man by the name of Lewis Hamilton bringing up the rear. Uh, can only race from the front, I've been told by a reliable source. And I think that was 60 seconds. So that was pretty low-grade, but I think it was off, you know, off the cuff. And I did just call Max Verstappen a dish, so because we're in Zandvoort. So there you go. Sorry, listeners. We, we will get better than this, I, I promise. It will be fun again. I mean, I... I told it myself. I, I will get better than this. And now back to Meadows. I was about to say, this is the problem. You can't quite chip in at the right times to tell you that don't taint us with your brush. All right? You get better. Although your timing was impeccable there. That was, that was pretty much spot on 60 seconds. So, um, And on the fly, which was better than the attempt in Canada. Montreal, I think you got through like three drivers and just fell to pieces. Yeah. I, can't, I can't remember exactly, but... Yeah, I did. And um, I think now... I'm better at just reading through the order and just kind of saying the first thing that comes to my head, which, if if people weren't aware, is basically what I do. <laughs> basically what I do anyway. No prep. Well, I mean, it got an astonishing response from all the locals in this beach bar that we're sat in, um, most of which are freezing and wearing hoodies, because as lovely as it's been here, it gets cold at night. Um, but, yeah, no, nobody nobody responded at all. No one even paid any attention. I don't know about you, but I when I finished, I heard, like, three people having sex all around me. <laughs> Did you hear that? All that clapping? No? Oh my god. No? Anyone? I, I heard it. That's what I heard. It got very it got very sexy very quickly and then it all ended. No? Anyone? Anyone? I think we might have to either remove you from this podcast <laughs> or the joke element to this podcast because I feel like this is not going well for you, mate. No. I think, no, I mean, no, that's probably, that's fair. Um, but, sun is now officially down, by the way, listeners. Uh, just, to, just to follow up on that earlier point. Um... And, yeah, I mean, you should probably have removed me from, like, episode three onwards. 
<laughs> no, no, no. You are an integral part of this podcast, as is Chris Medlin, because he edits the podcast. <laughs> the only reason I'm here. <laughs> no, 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 and he talks a bit as well. Sorry, yeah. I feel bad. No, I didn't mean it like that. No, you are an integral part for the analysis that you bring. Uh, see, what I would have done there is I'd have said, Medes, I didn't mean that. You do edit the podcast. And then left it at that. Because then it would have been like he's not an important person. You know who? You are an important person to your girlfriend slash fiance. Tell us about that. <laughs> Thanks, Nate. That was smooth. That was smooth. Uh, yes, I got engaged. Okay. <laughs> I thought it was pretty good. It was sensational. Sorry. I just it's, I, When you start laughing, I'm just like, here, have a microphone. Um, yeah, I got engaged over the summer break. It was... Um, back. Back. Oh, God. <laughs> um, yes, did that. So, uh, yeah. Tell I, I thought the story you told me about the actual proposal was quite funny because Jess didn't know it was coming. And I thought it was amusing what she said to you just before and how it all went down. And the name of the place that you did it. Tell tell them. All of those are highly romantic. I mean, I'll tell you what. Settle, settle down, listeners, because um, Lawrence loves it when I tell such a long story. But my summer break started in Chicago. And I worked basically, I tried so hard to get all my work done before flying. And then some dude called Oscar Piastri started like causing trouble. Uh, so spent the most of that week working even though I was away. Finally managed to stop working about three or four days into the holiday. And then we went to uh, the Caribbean, to St. Lucia, which I'd never been to, which was very nice. It was their rainy season, but that's why it was cheaper. So, yeah, hack. Um, and it was still lovely. Um, yeah, we went for a hike about five or six days into the holiday where I'd just not done anything up to that point so she wasn't expecting it and we recommended a hike up a place called Pigeon Island which is I mean I can see in both your faces that you think that sounds really really romantic so I have a question here because I've heard this story three times now and I also told it to my girlfriend she was like are you going to have pigeon themed at your wedding now because obviously Pigeon Island that should play a significant part in your wedding not doves pigeons You've got to be careful, because in Game of Thrones, a pigeon pie is what Joffrey chokes to death on. So choose your next words carefully. That's all I'm going to say. The answer to that is definitely not. 100% no. I hope, did I sway you? Or was it already no? Uh, Nate, whatever you say goes. Good. Sorry, Laz, but pigeon pie. Hang on, so that's no to the pie or no to the pigeons or no to both? No to both. <laughs> oh, okay. There'll be, no, there'll be no pies or pigeons at this wedding. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly not in each, in each other, one in the other. I suppose you could have a pie and a pigeon. That'd be a bit weird. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, I probably just made a big decision about it, haven't I? That I really should, should have checked, but never mind. Um, so yeah, went went for a hike up Pigeon Island, and it was eventually when we got to the very top. Uh, this rocky hike, nobody around. Lovely view over St Lucia. So Jess, we had to climb. It was hot, and I we were gonna. I was waiting. There was two other people that were hiding under a tree. And I was thinking, well, if they leave, there's nobody here. Um, but they didn't leave. I was like, well, it's still fine. It's private enough. And so Jess was like, oh, should we head back down? And I was like, um, yeah, I'm just going to make sure I sort of got my legs back before we climb back down. Because it had been a fair bit of effort, but I was joking. And she went, yeah, I'm sweating my tits off. And turned around to look at the view. Um, and they were the last words she said. So I was like, she's going to regret that. And um, managed to get the ring out of the bag that I'd stuffed, like hidden it in a T-shirt because it was a hot day. And that was that. <laughs> wonder where that was going. What you were going to say? The, the, the bag that I'd stuffed in, in, in my trouser pocket. I was like, okay, mate, good. Glad it was there. <laughs> no, so, yeah, I'd, I'd hidden it. And, um, yeah, got down on one knee on a very sharp rock. 
um, which I did regret, but I had to stick with it. And fortunately, she said yes. So yeah, that was that was that. And Meadows did it like a Ferrari engineer, and he said, "Jess McFadden, will you marry me?" Question. <laughs> and she said, "Yes." Answer. <laughs> and then yeah, that, that that's the joke. That's it. It's done. Sorry. Do you want the mic back? Yeah. And that was Plan F. Uh, so plan Plan G. Well, if she said no, how many plans did you have? A A through D, E, F. None really. That was that. One hit wonder. Fair play. It's brave. And, yeah. Well, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, did that in the in the break, and I went to Boston on the way back. Very nice. Uh, saw some F1 fans there. I can't remember if any of them actually listened to the paddock, but I hope they do. Um, we got stopped when we were walking at one point. This guy just stood up. I feel, feel really bad now. I started the story and I've forgotten his name. I'm sorry if you are the person involved and you do listen. Um, but there was this guy with his, no, was with his wife, his father or father-in-law, I think, and his daughter. Uh, and just stood up from this like patio table, the other side of this fence where we were walking um, in like kind of the old port of uh, Boston. And just jumped up and goes, Chris Medland and Jessica McFadden in the wild. And that was it. So we had to stop and go and say hello. And his his family were mortified, but they, he was actually really nice. We had a little chat with them and then left. But he had to explain who we were to them. So they were... I, can you imagine that? If like someone you're with, like right now actually one of us, and he just jumped up at anyone walking past and shouted their name and you had no idea who they were. I mean, Nate does that frequently. So Nate was shouting all the way down here, weren't you, Nate, on uh, on the buggy? I don't know if you want to tell the story of how you embarrassed me. Sorry, yeah, so I did. I was on the buggy, and the moment grabbed me. You know, the spirit took over, and uh, Lawrence was in the front seat. What is the buggy? Sorry, it's a golf buggy that takes us from Sandvolt Media Centre to the well, to the to the entrance of the circuit, basically. And Mr. Bretto got in the front seat with his lovely shoe, lovely lovely Zandvoort shoes on, and so I was in the back going, Ah, it's Lawrence! In fact, I'll play it. How about that? I'll play. It. I'll play the audio because I think it was very funny. Lawrence was at the front, absolutely hating me. He was like, Nate, can't believe you've done this. Though people have seen that video. That was it. So, yeah, that's all I did. And uh, Lawrence was very embarrassed. I've never seen Lawrence so embarrassed in my life. And then someone did then wave at him, and he missed it because he was turning around, embarrassed, looking at Nate. Yeah, he was saying, shut up, Nate, Lee, stop it. And this, this poor fan reached out to touch Lawrence, you know, because they were ill, and they were like, if I, if I just touch Lawrence, maybe I'll be healed. <laughs> and then and they couldn't touch him. They couldn't reach. They couldn't grab him. So that person's now very ill. And, uh, and that's all your fault, Lawrence. How do you feel about that? I don't really know what to say. Now I feel really bad, and I shouldn't feel bad, should I? Because Nate's just making stuff up. He's he's what? Prove it. Do you know that they didn't have an ailment? Uh, no, you, you're right. Okay, so how about tomorrow when I go out? Because I'm not going to take the buggy like you um, royalty do. I'll walk out and I'll make sure that I see and chat to all of the fans should they wish to chat to me. All your fans. This sounds even worse. You, you make yourself sound like Jesus coming out of the tomb. I shall talk to my followers. <laughs> and I shall walk. I will not take the buggy. I will heal them of their... I will cleanse them of their sins. <laughs> no! This is... No! That's, no! I was just trying to say that I feel bad if anyone thought I was ignoring them because I wasn't tr- ignoring them. I just had Nate screaming like a... <laughs> <laughs> teenage girl in the back of the bucket. But you were ignoring them, just not intentionally. No, I. Uh, oh, I suppose so. Yeah, but that. Yeah, I was un. I was unintentionally ignoring. 
It's been too long that I can't quite understand what you're talking about. But yes, you're right. And it, um, I wasn't ignoring anyone intentionally. Um, I was amazed at how many fans were out here on a Thursday. Um, there was a load of fans kind of queuing up on the on the exit to the circuit. There's a lot of people in and around Sandville. I saw some people yesterday on the Wednesday night who had just come down just in case they saw some drivers coming in. I was like, that's proper commitment. He'd driven like three hours to get here. Well, you say that. I mean, the commitment that the guy and girl that had come in to the circuit today bought a ticket just to see you as you left and then didn't get to touch you was, was incredible, but really heartbreaking now, actually. Also, I feel like you guys should take the blame for that because you distracted me, right? If you just left me alone at the front, I would not have been distracted. From, so you're so you're missing. You do have a flock of fans. No, I, I knew as I said that that you were going to turn it on. So but it, it, was, like, it was too late. No, I feel like that was an that was an admittance there. I only distracted you because I I don't want you to become the monster that I see you turning into right now. <laughs> <laughs> Obsessed with your following, comparing yourself to Jesus. That's blasphemy, Lawrence. <laughs> And the guy that was here earlier that touched you on the shoulder, he got to touch you at least, but you know, he came and then you just looked him in the eye in such a way that he was like, I'd actually, better leave. Actually, that, that guy, I haven't actually looked back at him since, but he's, he's lost 15 years age-wise. He's now 22 again. He looks better than ever, just from one touch. Sensational work. Yeah. Um, before we keep talking about Zambor, because there's a lovely flowing order to this podcast, uh, how was Spa for you, Beretta? Um, I really enjoyed Spa because we had a clear weather we had a grand prix um are you saying that it wasn't a grand prix last year no i said we had a grand prix this year uh very specifically um i i I, it was really nice for me to be back i liked it i know we've been away for three weeks and i didn't feel like i had proper break but it was nice to be back at a track i like spa i like the uh surrounding area i stayed in spa so i didn't have too much of a commute but um i thought the whole weekend was cool everyone was in a really good mood i thought um even though the championship seems to be going one way I just feel like people are generally in good spirits. I don't know if they felt the same after the, the Grand Prix on Sunday, but um, I thought it was nice. It felt had a real back-to-school feel, I think, and I just really like catching up with everyone. When you say the championship's going one way, I, I agree with you. When do you think Carlos Sainz will wrap it up? <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Who you played squash with yeah. this week. How, who did, you, did you beat him? Uh, we left it at 1-1. Um, he said I tapped out, I said he tapped out, so we're gonna, we'll pick it up in Singapore. But um, I did play against the world number two squash player, Paul Cole, um, Commonwealth champion, Commonwealth Games champion. I'm guessing you didn't leave it a 1-1 with him. No, I did win points against him. I won three points. Um, and to be fair, um, he, you know, he said fair play uh, to me, but he was obviously not playing. He was playing at a level, you know, 10, 12 levels down to what he normally plays. I have a question. You're playing Carlos Sainz. What 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 would you say to Carlos Sainz to get in his head? What mind games would you play? Like how would you really unsettle Carlos Sainz? Is there anything you do? I don't play mind games. I'm th- I'm there to be supportive because I want him to be a better squash player. I think you should start playing mind games. You might beat him if you get into his head a little bit. Be like, oh, I bet your dad could have hit that better. You know, stuff like that. I'm not saying he could have done, but you want to beat him. This is an F1 driver. He's going to get in your head. You don't even realise it. He's been getting in your head without you realising it. He's probably like, hey Lawrence, like those shoes today. What he's saying is he hated your shoes yesterday. See. It's all calculated. That's why he's beating you. Thoughts? Now, hang on. Like, for clarity, he hasn't beaten me this year. Oh, humble brag. Yeah. Hello. So, now that's, that's some mind games. That's what I was talking about. <laughs> but also, his dad, um, Carlos Sainz Sr., two-time rally world champion, is also a former national squash champion. So, actually does beat him. So, and he beat me. It, it was, um, that was a lesson. I got, I got owned. 
So you've played senior as well? Senior, yeah. Yeah, I played senior, Carlos, junior, and Charles on the same day. Wow. Well, that's actually pretty impressive. How... That's a proper flex on this podcast. Yeah. I, um... I... <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> sorry, sorry, listeners can't see Lawrence just doing the kind of head nod that's like, yeah, well, um, kind of like, he even had a straight face. He wasn't like smiling or laughing like he does when he's uncomfortable. He's just kind of like, well, yeah, they they are the circles that I now squash in. Yeah, that was that was a big, a big look. It was, a, it was if, if, if a look could be a flex, that's what you just did. Um, I don't think I've got anything that is, is even remotely up there with that. I don't think I've ever done anything pretty cool with a driver outside of a circuit. I once saw Kevin Magnuson on a flight and said hello, and he said hello back, and then that was it. I think if we'd been playing squash, it would have been fun, but we, we weren't playing squash. To be fair, you get on well with Kevin, right? So I'm pretty sure if you were to want to play squash with Kevin, <laughs> that he would maybe say yes. So, funny thing I found out about Kevin and all of his trainers is that they like when I come into the media centre and I talk to Stu Morrison, because me, Stu, and another guy at Haas all look exactly the same but we look like the devolution of man. Stu's in very good shape. I'm in less good shape, and this other guy's in less good shape. So if we stand in the right order, it looks like a man either before and after, like having a diet, or after and before. <laughs> you know, a, a, a massive weight gain. And apparently they find that very funny. So whenever I see him now, I look over and he's just like giggling. And then he sees me and I'm like, I just do a nod, because I know. I'm like, I know, Kevin. I know, I know what this is about. This is a joke, isn't it, about me. And then he looks away and drives an F1 car for a living. I don't, I don't. I was going to try and say something funny, but I don't know. I don't know what to say to that. It's just, just heartbreaking, really, isn't it? We should just kind of just let it. That's the most sincere I've been on this podcast ever. By the way, that was you know heartfelt. Um, so, Kevin, if you're listening, that's the sad music from Scrubs. <laughs> yeah, very good. Uh, we don't have the copyright for that though, so enough of that. Um, but yeah, I mean, they could only do that. This weekend, because you weren't in Spa, you were missed. Um, I didn't notice it wasn't there. I don't know about you, Bretto, but how was Spa for me? You've just asked for that microphone. Uh, Spa was good. Um, I managed to tell everyone that I'd got engaged, which meant that lots of people were very nice and saying nice things. Um, but most of the time when I was on air, which I think was their way of making sure they avoided the conversation, they could kind of mouth it and just kind of say congratulations and do thumbs up and smiles. And they knew I couldn't respond. So they were like, great. I've ticked that box without getting pinned into uh, here's the story. Um, but what was very nice, actually, was on the grid uh, before the race started, Michael Italiano, Daniel Ricciardo's trainer, stopped me and said congrats and wanted to ask how it had gone down and all this sort of stuff while I was on air. And I had to kind of take my headphones off. So I was half listening in case they asked me a question and half talking to um, an F1 driver's trainer while we were waiting for his car to arrive on the grid, which was quite cool. So, yeah, Medland, I think you're just a bit of a big deal, and I don't think that you really realise that. Like, just on the walk down here this evening, uh, a couple of your fans said hello to you, and you, you even look surprised, right, yeah, mate? Right. Because he just, you, it's almost you're so humble that you just don't realise how much of a big deal you are. And the beauty of what's happened now is Medland's now just taken a giant bite of pizza so won't be able to respond, so I could just hand over to Nate to continue. I do agree with you, Lazar. Um... You looked. I don't know if she recognised you or Meadows though. She did look at Meadows and say, but she was like, "I watch all of you guys on TV," and I was like, "That's clear lie," because she has never seen me before. Didn't know who I was. But yeah, I think you're right. I think out of who would you both say is a bigger deal, Chris Medland or Lawrence Barreto? Lawrence, you don't have a mouthful of pizza, so I'll go for you first. Chris Medland, come to me. 
because because Chris Medland is the face of the first series of Netflix. Chris Medland, you're a post, please. Lawrence Barreto, because he wasn't. Oh, strong backhand from Medus. How do you how do you counter that? Um, but that wasn't really a response with it. It's quite a weak backhand. That would have like hit the wall and kind of fizzled out. But you still got to it's still in play. You got to return. I've often seen Medland in Monaco, and he's walking along, and there's like a piece of catch fence him and people often shout through the catch fence him Chris Chris please come over have a chat and he goes and have a chat he signs photos I don't know if it's of himself I've never got that close but he signed photos it's of you it pictures of you <laughs> <laughs> he's taking selfies he is huge because of the quality of analysis that he delivers on Netflix I agree. Um, so that was a really strong return. He's absolutely whacked that to the back of the court. Pretty difficult shot to return. How are you going to return it? Well, before everyone gets really bored of this game of tennis... Um, first Squash. Squash. Sorry, good point. Uh, firstly, yeah, I did do that twice. But generally ever twice. Uh, secondly, I would like to pose a question to Mr. Beretta with my, with my follow-up shot. Interesting. Which is, which is how many times has he had to pose for selfies, sign autographs, or speak to people who have shouted to him through the fence in Monaco? Is it, is it more than two? So I don't know how to equate that into a type of shot in the game. So what I'm going to say is, Meadows has just hit a piddler along the floor, and it's unclear whether it's legal. You're, what would you say? It's basically dribbled along the floor. Yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll let it play, because you know I always like to keep a rally going. Um, I'm going to say, I'm fo- I've, yeah, I have done more than two. I've never signed an autograph for a fan in my life. I don't intend to. No, I mean, I would if someone asked me, but... So, the, in in Saudi Arabia, I know because Medlin wants to talk, but he's got pizza with his mouth, so I've got to get his shot. In Saudi Arabia, <clears throat> there was a fan um, on a balcony that lent, um, kind of um, straddled the two paddocks, and he had a T-shirt on a string that he then twiddled down on a pencil. And it came down. He was like, "Can you sign it?" And I was like, "Are you sure?" Because like, there's like Lewis, the like Lewis, Daniel, Sebastian, Pierre had signed it. I was like, "Are you sure you want me to sign it?" Because I didn't want to devalue the shirt that he's got. And he was like, "Yeah, yeah, I do. Like, I watch you on F1 TV, so yeah, I do." So I signed it. I picked a corner as far away as possible, just because I don't want it. I don't want to ruin it. And then he just like twiddled the pencil and pulled the shirt up. So yeah, that was a nice moment. That is pretty cool. Has that ever happened to you? No, see, he's a bigger deal. I would say, Lawrence, I think you've you've lost the you've lost the rally. You your your return, you just hit your racket into the floor and you smashed it. I've just did a double fault, didn't I? Yeah, your racket's in pieces, you've torn an Achilles, you're lying on the mat. I hope this doesn't actually happen to you, but for the purposes of the, of this game. Um yeah. So yeah, Medas gets the point. But he's already fifteen fifteen games down. <laughs> so it doesn't doesn't matter. I'm just I can't I can't remember what is this squash or tennis? I can't remember. How do you score in squash? The rules I play is score every point to 11. First to 11 wins. Heard it here first, guys. Should we eat our pizzas and finish up? Yeah, I think I think we should. But um, I feel like there was there was more chat to be had around Zambor. And I can't remember why, but it was just that I really wanted to tell a bit of a story from today. Where I had an interview. Bless you, Nate. Oh, he did quietly. I know you can't hear it on mic anyway, but he's done two stealth ones that look like they've nearly blown his eyes out of their sockets. Um, so... Uh, did an interview with Lewis today. Uh, it was a four-on-one, so there's four versus journalists around the table with Lewis. Really good, really insightful, half an hour of him chatting. And he's answering the final question about 
um, inspiring kids and um, how he's kind of likes to try and help um, kind of improve things with like different projects that energize him that aren't always necessarily related to F1. Just giving this really good, insightful answer. Um, but before we started it, the head of communications for Mercedes, Bradley Lord, had come in um, to Charlotte, who was looking as the um, press officer that was looking after Lewis today, and said something, and they sat on a bit of a chat, and I thought it was, you know, wrap it up, he's nearly out of time. Excuse me. I thought it was like, wrap it up, he's nearly out of time. But it turned out uh, it was a warning, because then, over Lewis's shoulder, walking up the stairs, because we're on the top floor of their motorhome, uh, there's an outside terrace and walking upstairs was one Fernando Alonso and in the press conference just before that we'd done with Lewis he'd said about how Fernando had not apologised to him in a TV pen when he said he was going to, going to uh, and he'd obviously had the opportunity and that he wasn't going to give him this cap because that was just a joke that he'd put online Fernando had shown up to get his cap so Lewis has given this answer and the four of us are facing like can see behind him what Lewis can't see and we're watching Fernando show up and just chat make small talks to Mercedes people Lewis is oblivious to it and then when he turns around and sees him at the end of the interview like the, it was a proper wry smile on his face where he's like, oh, like what have I got to do now? And the team were like, he's come for the hat. You need to need to sign a hat again. So I don't think they had the original one they'd done the post with. So he had to re-sign a hat for Fernando. And you could see with Lewis, he was kind of like, oh, I just said I wasn't going to give him one. Like as it not like I don't want him to have it, but like he just wasn't playing up to it. And Fernando had carried it on the kind of banter. So Lewis was kind of like. Oh, man, have I got to? Yeah, all right. And it was the look on his face was absolute gold. Because to him, he was kind of like, I've moved on from it now. It's done. Whereas I think because Fernando had got a bit of heat and said he was going to apologise, uh, he then was like, well, I want to kind of draw a line under it by going to see him. So um, it was just a funny moment that you don't normally get to see between two drivers like that. So I lolled. And we Lewis ended his answer with something like, you know, um, I love... Um, I love taking on um, challenges like that, even if it leads to some awkward moments or something like that. And um, um, we were like, yeah, I think you've got another one coming right now. And that's when he turned around and saw Fernando. So we left him to it. And he seemed, it seems pretty jovial between the two. That's a nod. Meadows then just took a giant bite out of pizza. So I've never wrapped up this show before. I think it's your job. So Lawrence, I'll, I'll hand over to you. Bye, bye everyone. Bye listeners. Hope you enjoyed it. Well, just before we wrap, because Nate really wants his pizza, so he's going to hate the fact that I've done this. We haven't talked driver market at all. So I feel like, just before we wrap up, if you've got a salient point that you want to raise, whether it's about Ricardo and what happened at McLaren and that he's now either looking to stay in Formula 1 or to, to try something new, if there's something else further along the grid, someone at Haas, Alfa Romeo, Alfa Tauri, the Gasly chatter, Nate, before I let you go, the floor is yours. Just to comment on all of that, do you mean? Every single bit. Uh think it's harsh that Ricardo got got binned even though he's doing badly because I don't think the car's that great you can see why they binned him don't think he'll go to Alpine I think he'll take a sabbatical I think Gasly I hope Gasly goes to Alpine I think it'll be good for him um, Schumacher don't think deserves a second chance with Haas but he might get one if they don't want Giovinazzi I think it does look like a choice between those two I reckon Ricardo takes a year out and then that year out probably turns into retirement even though I don't want that to be the case for him I think if he takes a year out he does so much stuff away from F1 I think he'll stay away Medland, it's your turn. I'm going to talk very slowly and hope that you can finish this final slice of pizza. But I think that, um, can you top what Nate's just said or are you going to agree with everything he's just said? I'm going to go with different ones. Firstly, throwing back to summer break, I'm going to do a little anecdote that I had an hour-long call with one team boss about that whole situation on a rooftop bar in Chicago and had to be like, okay, that's the last call I'm taking, don't worry about it, like, 
I'm done working now. And then the next day I was at Wrigley Field having my first beer of the day to watch some baseball and I'd take another phone call underneath the stadium from a different team boss. Uh, and I genuinely remember thinking this doesn't normally happen, which is why I'm saying it. Um, so I heard lots about the movements and stuff. I think that um, obviously Piastri ends up at McLaren, but maybe through McLaren having to pay Alpine because we haven't had a CRB decision yet, although it might have happened while we're recording. I think Daniel ends up at Haas. I think he takes takes a deal with Haas because Alpine, yeah, don't go for him, they go for Gasly. Uh, and I think that's fun. I think Schumacher ends up out. I can't tell what Williams are going to do, but we don't need to because I don't think you asked me that. Uh, and you didn't ask me about Colton Herter, but Red Bull were sniffing around him, which is really quite cool. And I can see it happening, but I think it would have to if they lost Gasly because they need something that just makes it kind of worth... AlphaTauri becoming AlphaTauri again and taking a punt on young drivers and seeing if they sink or swim. So uh, if I've said Gasly's going to Alpine, then I'm going to say Herta's going to end up in an AlphaTauri. How's that? Yeah, I was going to say Herta to AlphaTauri as well. But not because I know as much as Meadows about it. I was just going to guess. But yeah. Ricardo, Ricardo at Haas would be awesome. That would be one of the best lineups. Him and Steiner would be fun. Even if it was just for a year, it would be a lot of fun. So I think that Ricardo at Haas would be great, but I just don't feel like it's very far along, if at all, to be honest. Um, and so I, I think what Ricardo is probably going to have to do is decide a if he wants to do if he wants to stay, and he needs to do it quick because the thing is, this Alpine, if Alpine do end up going for Gasly, it's proved to Ricardo that he can't hang about for too long, even if he probably does feel like he needs to take some time to try and make a, a good decision. I think here, uh, Ricardo at Haas for a year even would be fun, and then you could see where you're at, I guess, for 2024. The car's pretty decent. It's probably going to be pretty decent again next year. I think Joe's going to end up staying at AlphaTauri. Oh, Nate's just bought another beer, this time partly over his pizza, I think, so that's his own fault. Oh, no, has it gone over me? Oh, I think I've just been told by our friend Ju sat next to me that I said that Joe's going to go to Alpha Tower and I actually went to Alpha Romeo, of course. I think he's, yeah, I think he's the favourite to stay in at Alpha Romeo. Um, the team really like him and he's done a great job this year and it makes sense to keep him. So I think that's what's going to happen there. I think Williams, ah, oh, you know what? In If you'd asked me for Hungary, I'd say Latifi's got no chance. Now I think he's got like a smidgen of a chance to stay. Um, they haven't really got that many options, um, Williams, to what they could do. I think if they don't keep Latifi, I think Logan Sargent's got a decent chance of getting promoted. Um, so I th- still think what I like about this is there's still a long way to go in the driver market uh, chatter, um, which gives us plenty to talk about. And we have spoken a lot, he says, with a mouthful of pizza. So um, it's now gone dark, and there's a lovely Ferris wheel that's all lit up in like pride colours, so it's very cool. But I want to eat the rest of my pizza, so should we wrap it? Yes, we'll call it quits. Thanks very much, chaps. It's been a pleasure. Sorry to uh, hold you up when eating your pizza. Um, what you can tell who's t- spoken the most, Nate has got a quarter of his pizza left, Medes has got half his pizza left, and I've got three quarters of my pizza left. But um, uh, it's been a pleasure as always. Thanks to everyone who's been listening and for following us on our social channels. If you're not, you can follow us at the Pad Hot. You can read Nate's work on ESPN.com, Medes' work on Race.com, and my work on F1.com, and we'll do this again very, very soon. Bye. Bye.
Social Podcast Network.